Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Like no other station in the world! Anyway, you're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show. Brian spelled with an E-A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. Each week, we since 2017 January, although we did have a pilot in December, we interview a CEO, a startup, or teach somebody a business lesson. We're all about business on the Ask Brian Radio Show. And... I have to go through this every time because not everybody has listened to the show, but everybody asked me why we spelled Brian with an E, and our engineer, because engineer starts with an E, is the one that gets to explain to everybody why Brian spelled with an E, other than the fact that it was the only proper noun available when I was looking for a domain. What are the other reasons why? <laughs> you went technical on this. <laughs> it doesn't start with an E. I just wanted to just say, but uh, there is a couple of other words that have that the E also stands for in Ask Brian. Uh, a couple of words. It's like a theme for the show. Uh, obviously, he took engineer, which happens to be my favorite one because I am the engineer. But there are others. But we'll have to start spelling Brian I A N or A I N after we get uh, artificial <laughs> intelligence. That'd be brain, by the way, if you did it well, with an A. If we do it I A N, then, then yeah. we can say that. We're just spelling intelligence artificial backwards. <laughs> oh. And we'll still have Brian. This is still true. But anyways, the other words we have, uh, one of them happens to be uh, excellence because we all exude nothing but excellence here on the show. Another one happens to be experts because everybody on the Ask Brian show happens to be an experts in any type of field they happen to be in. Others, we have our effort because everybody gives 110% of the effort in everything they do here and ask Brian. Well, that's true. This is true. This is true. I think two in particular happen to be... Well, you missed a big one, though, before you... What's the big one? Empathy. Empathy. You know what? try to empathize for others, but now since you didn't say that... I didn't. I can become a narcissist and attack (laughs) the entire show. What are the others? Well... You know, we got a show to do. It'll be... We have a guest waiting. One happens to be, well... Excitement and its synonym Enthusiasm. of Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm! Woo, woo, woo! Go, go, go! Got him. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, my co host, Tracy. Tracy, you there? Yes, Tracy Elizabeth. I am here. Elizabeth. Is that another E? Make sure that's next week. E. Oh, my God. Elizabeth is, next week. That's another E. <laughs> we got another E. Good. <laughs> And I think our guest has, I think, one or two vowels in his name with an E. Sean, are you there? Absolutely. And yes, it is Sean with an E. And then your, la- sure. and your last name has an E in it too, I believe, no? Yeah, at least one, actually. Yes, it is B-E. Correct. Yeah, so, uh, you, hey, you didn't think you were coming on to Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune? or what, what, What's the one that no. turned well, I was, I was It's called Wheel of Fortune. I was hoping to get the opportunity to buy a vowel if I may. So, yeah. <laughs> Can I still do that? Well, yes. And then we're going to have another E when we <laughs> ask the engineer when we get to start. So without any further ado, how do you spell it? A-D-I-E-U. And why do I like it? Because all of the letters except for D are vowels. Anyway, Sean, before mm-hmm. we get into what you're currently working on, I just want to get a little bit of background. And we're not talking about when you're five years old because we'd like to get the show done today. So prior to starting your company... Um, what were you involved in before you started your company? And we'll 
go right into what your company is and what it does, etc. Yeah, sure. And um, you know, I just wanted to comment. You know, obviously, you know, like I, I did grow up in in Australia, and uh, you know, at, at school we had this thing. You know, it was called you used to get an E, and you get an E for effort. But it was obviously not a grade you wanted because it was the the one right below F. You know, so uh, <laughs> but we used to joke about it as kids, and um, yes. So, but from there, you know, I spent about 12 years in top tier US software companies prior to starting Ghost Snow. So I was at Mercury Interactive, which was an amazing experience. That was a Silicon Valley software company that uh, Hewlett Packard, HP bought for 4.5 billion back in 2005. After that, I was at McAfee. I ran the channel sales for them across Northern Europe uh, for about four years. It was an, another amazing experience. And then from there, I ended up at CA Technologies, which is a, you know, a, a, another you know, huge, big enterprise software company. And my role there, I was building new cloud services and taking them to market through our global partners, some of the biggest partnerships that CA had. And that was right at the brink of cloud computing. And so, you know, it was right in that transition transitionary period where the, the, these big enterprise software companies, you know, had, had to take all their offerings from on-prem to cloud and adjust their business models for that as well, you know, and, but it was a very exciting time to be in those companies. And you were in the marketing department or what department were you in at those companies? Uh, sales. Sales. Okay. Yes. And, um, sales and business development. Sales and business development. So how did you come up with the, the name of your company is Ghost Snow, is that correct? Correct. And how did you come up with that name? And were you solo or did you have partners when you started? Right. So, you know, Go Snow, it's a bookings platform for the winter snow sports industry. And immediately before COVID, people had been using it to book lessons and buy lift passes at ski resorts around the world, you know, in Australia, New Zealand and the United States. And we came up with the name Go Snow. To be honest, I was sitting around a table with my mom and a friend of mine, and we had just been going through name after name after name until we landed on Ghost Snow. You know, we, we had, I'm going to say, a hundred different names on the, on the table. And, you know, part of that as well as looking at, you know, what real estate was available from a trademark perspective, from a domain perspective, from a social media perspective and all those types of things. And we were really lucky very lucky to get our name in fact the trademark attorney that we that we hired to help us with that had found that someone else had the name registered but they'd let their registration lapse i think there's a lapse here in the states so she helped us secure that which was huge absolutely although just to let you know because i i am a trademark attorney as well and one of the things you have to understand is that just because a mark isn't registered or loses its registration doesn't mean that they can't have what's called common law trademark rights meaning that you can still have rights and still go after people even if it's not registered you just don't have the same remedies but uh, i don't want to digress too far into that so ghost snow uh that, that's actually a very good name because if you think about it go snow it's almost like go ski go go snowboard go get a lesson for snowing so yeah i, I it's a very good name i think for your product and your service so you came up with this name and the concept how did you implement the concept? I mean, you had to obviously figure out a way to create some software and then on top of that, figure out how to get some people involved so that you could actually have, you know, it's always the chicken and egg thing, right? Uh, you need to get customers, right? But you can't have customers if you don't have any ski resorts lined up. And if you get the ski resorts lined up and you don't have anybody to come there, they're going to go like, well, what am I doing? So that's the other thing is the chicken and egg thing. So I'd like to get into that. Which comes first, the customers or the ski resorts, et cetera? 
Absolutely, finding customers comes first. In, in our case, the customer actually actually has is the ski resort. You know, so, so we need both. We need resort partners, which we have, and then we also need consumers. Uh, so, you know, to be valuable to the resort partner, we've got to have the database of consumers who love to book, you know, love to go skiing and snowboarding, and who love to book cool new experiences at the resorts that they travel to. You know, and then we also need to have the resorts so the consumers can access those resorts through our platform and book those experiences. So you started what year, 2016 or 17? What year? We did get started in 2017. 17. And how many resorts and on that side of the equation, not customers, but on, on the resort side and including lessons and everything else, how many do you have? What's your numbers there? Do you know? Sure. Yes, we had been operating at about 12 resorts between Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. And mostly our resort partners were in uh, Utah, in California, here in the U.S., as well as those we had in other countries as well. And how many do you have currently? We will be uh, back at operation uh, with about double that this winter. So approximately 24. And then uh, mm-hmm. how, how many customers, consumers do you have? We've got an active database of about 18,000 people that had previously booked with us. And your business model, it's, it's not a subscription model, so you're collecting money from the ski resorts, correct? Or are you collecting any money from the consumer side? The model we have is a commission on successful bookings. So we have agreements in place with our partners, and then we're making the commission on every successful booking. And I'm not sure if I'm if I'm not mistaken, but I thought you were funded by some company. I read something about an article. Is that correct? Or yes, absolutely. One of our favorite partners is here in Santa Monica, which is where it has been home uh, for me and, and the company. And that's Expert Dojo. Brian McMahon, one of my favorite people on the planet, to be honest. He's been with us through this journey the whole time, and uh, we're a very, very proud partner of this. And right now, are you, like, taking time off because of COVID? Because I would think that, you know, while it might not be snowing in the United States right now, on a place like South America or maybe Australia, if there is any places over there, you know, they're starting to see snow. So I know it's a year-round business, but and I know that your focus is mostly on the U.S., but are you currently operating right now during the COVID in any of the countries that are starting to get snow on the, on the Southern Hemisphere? You know, we would have loved to have been operating both in Australia and New Zealand right now. Both of those countries still have significant restrictions on their borders. And it just has made it really difficult to operate in the Southern Hemisphere. And and further to that, um, with tourism being still so impacted by COVID in that region, it's just made it, you know, a difficult decision for us not to be operating in the Southern Hemisphere right now. That being said, what we are working on is a post-COVID relaunch. So our our designers and and engineers are absolutely at work on the app so that we're addressing new consumer trends and consumer behavior, new consumer behavior as we come now out of COVID. And we're anticipating a real boom. You know, people are so excited to get outside, you know, People are super excited to try new things, you know, and, and skiing and snowboarding is just one of those really awesome opportunities, you know, for, for people to get outside and try something new and really just experience how nice it feels to, you know, to be in places like Mammoth and places like Aspen and in, in those beautiful environments. If somebody wants to go ahead and sign up for a, 
a ski trip in February, which, you know, by then the restrictions should mostly be gone. They go to your website. Do you have an app? Uh, what do you got going on there for that so people could go ahead and yes. connect? Sure. We have the website right now. And we also, there will be, Ghost Snow app has been in the market for some time. So that's downloadable from the app stores. And we're also preparing the relaunch for the for the web app as well. And and what is the website address? It's uh, ghostsnowpath.com. Ghostsnowpath? Ghostsnowpath, P-A-S-S dot com. Oh, pass. Okay. And while this is downtime and while there is COVID going on, people can still book things for the coming winter, correct? It will be a relaunch, so bookings will become available again in August. In August, okay. Yes. And the team right now is basically working on software issues? Well, right now, you know, we see a um, just a huge opportunity to help the casual family that's going to try skiing and snowboarding actually get into snow sports. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of the time, you know, people here in, in L.A., you know, they, they, they want to try skiing or they, they want to go snowboarding. And, you know, the casual family that, that wants to go and try this has no idea what they need. Do they need long underwear? What do I need for the kids? All those types of things. And so now as we're preparing to help consumers get outside and do more new things, we're enhancing our product to help specifically with that stuff because the best thing to do is actually go and get all your gear and, and those types of things from, from local stores before you actually get up to the resort, you know, because a lot of the time people, they'll drive up to Mammoth. It's a seven-hour drive with, you know, seven-hour drive with the kids. And, you know, by the time they get there, you know, they, they don't realize that they've got to rent gear or, or those types of things at resort, you know, that they're going to be waiting in lines for an hour and a half longer the next day to make all that happen. So what we're doing is we're helping people get what they need before they go so that we elevate the entire experience and then they want to they want to spend more time on snow they want to spend you know they, they want to spend more time skiing and snowboarding as opposed to having an experience that just wasn't fun anyway tracy you had some questions you want to ask sean i think it had to do something with the beginning of the company or something well, you know, every business has a beginning, and there's usually really good stories associated with beginnings of business stories. So will you share yours and how Ghostner got started? Absolutely. So, you know, after the 12 years in those enterprise software companies, you know, those big corporate places, I, you know, I was at a point where I wasn't feeling very well, you know. Like there was just some other call out there for me. And, you know, so I started working with a meditation-based uh, change coach to really tune into, you know, what my passions were and, and what, what my purpose was and what it was I wanted to get done here you know, in, in this lifetime. And we spent a lot of time together. She's actually no longer with us anymore. Uh, her name was Justine Rozchek. She was, in fact, shot and killed by the Minneapolis police on the 15th of July of 2017 at national and, and international news. Um, oh, but she that's was so an, terrible. Yeah. She was an amazing, an amazing person, someone who is still my guardian angel, and, and I'm, you know, so blessed by that. But, you know, the, the work that we did together really helped me connect to purpose. And in that, you know, like I'd spent all those times in those software companies, you know, so I knew how to apply software to an industry to solve a problem. You know, I knew how to build software products and take them to market, you know, and I knew how to get teams 
you know, knew how to lead teams, how to build teams, and how to get everybody on board for a mission to address an opportunity. And so in that, you know, my mom had spent 10 years working for Aspen Skiing Company. My mom's an amazing lady. I love her to death and really beautiful lady. And she'd spent all that time in, in Aspen. So I'd always been a snowboarder and I just saw this huge problem in the industry, in the snow sports industry, where it was just impossible to, and so hard to organize a, a ski trip, you know, so... From there, I got a team of people together. The co-founder of the company is Scott Anfang, and Scott, you know, Scott's been an excellent co-founder and business partner to me over the, over the course of the company. And his background, you know, he has been head coach snowboarding for the U.S. team and represented the United States in snowboarding for at least 12 years, if, if not more now. So we were able to bring together, you know, a team of people, you know, with software skills, with snowboarding industry expertise. And, you know, and start to really address this opportunity that we'd found. And, and the best thing about it was it was purpose-driven. You know, it's, it's purpose-driven. It was a team of people that got together, that shared the same vision to make it easier for people to book and participate in snow sports because we just love it. We just think that the more skiing and snowboarding in the world, the better. The more time people spend on snow doing healthy things, the better. And, you know, our aim is, is just making all of that more accessible. Wow. I mean, first of all, you know, I'm sorry for the loss for such a special person in your life. And what a great opportunity to get guidance into a role now that to fit you so well and kind of match your skill set with your passion together. And there's no better combination, especially for someone who is starting a business and running a business, because as we know, that's not an always the easiest path that crazy people like us for entrepreneurs will pick that path, but it's definitely not the easiest path sometimes. So that's amazing. So you were talking a bit about your skill set in building a team. Can you tell us about your current team and maybe some of the roles that they play in helping you grow the company? Absolutely. So, you know, the thing with building teams, the most important thing, the most important thing with a startup is, you know, having people with you that share your vision. You know, having people with you that are on board for a mission to really build something great and to and to do something, to do something great. You know, the first thing that we did, Scott and I, that is, when we started the company, uh, was we realized we were going to need engineers. You know, fortunately, I knew who to call for that. You know, my past colleagues from Mercury Interactive have been unreal. A few of them even invested in the company. And, you know, but that was our first phone call. You know, we need engineers. So we, we bought on, you know, initially bought on our engineering team to build the mobile product. And then from there, my skill set had been in, you know, my own skill set. So as a founding CEO of, of an early stage company, you know, one of the things that I think is super important is signing customers and having people that are able to get that traction you need in the market. And I had been doing that for so long, an entire career in sales. I think over the 12 years in, you know, in those three software companies, I, I would have achieved, you know, more than $48 million in net, you know, net product bookings during that time. And being able to bring on and lead the sales effort, that was super helpful. And then the next thing we were going to start needing was, was people who really understood marketing from a consumer perspective so that we would sign on and so that we would actually you know, build on or bring on the consumers that would use the product to book. And so that was, you know, for us, it was just looking at, you know, bringing on engineers to build the product and bringing on sales and marketing people to build a business. We then brought on 
all of our investors, all of our investors were highly skilled with a lot of startup experience, a lot of technology experience. So a few of our investors also became our active advisory board as well. And that was you know, super important as, as one of those people had been worldwide senior vice president of products and engineering at CA Technologies. So, you know, we had a super strong tech capability and still have that within the company. So in terms of building teams, you know, for us, it was a matter of getting a group of people uh, who were highly skilled to not only build a product, but build a business and bringing all that together and ensuring that there was shared vision, shared mission and, and commitment from, from everyone to get out there and, and make this happen no matter what. And last year, I think we saw no matter what in the form of COVID. Yes, there's no doubt about that. One of the things that you mentioned was the fact that you were in a building phase right now as a result of COVID with a new relaunch. Can you tell us about the marketing strategy behind that to the degree that you can share? And then also talk to us about the target consumer, the person who's going to be on the other end of that launch and who you're trying to reach and what type of customer is your ideal target. And you have 30 seconds. Sure. Oh, and or I'm teasing you. That <laughs> that's not fair. That is not fair. <laughs> I, I have one more question to add, and that was the difference between enterprise sales, which is you've got a whole big bunch of people behind you, and it's a certain type of sale, versus you're at a startup and nobody knows who you are. Uh, yes, you can leverage some things more so in a big company than you can in a startup. So that's the third question. So we recently got some excellent advice from one of my favorite CMOs on the planet. His name is Christopher Lockhead. He was the CMO at uh, Mercury Interactive. I love Chris. He's been super supportive of Go Snow and uh, of me, and, and I really appreciate him. And, and part of the advice given there was, you know, shift the business model now in a post-COVID, you know, in a post-COVID world to direct-to-consumer. So our efforts are going. Uh, our efforts are changing so that we're targeting consumers directly. And what we're aiming to do is create a huge amount of value for the casual skier or snowboarder, for the person who wants to try skiing and snowboarding out and help them get into something new and help them have the best possible experience when they first go skiing and snowboarding so that they continue skiing and snowboarding and, and we achieve our aim of increasing participation, our goal of increasing participation in the industry. And how we're doing that uh, is we have partnerships in place with leading brands. You know, we, we have partnership agreements in place with the biggest mountain companies in the world. We have partnership agreements in place with the biggest snowboard companies in the world. And we'd like to do a lot through partnership, you know, whereby joint marketing initiatives and joint growth initiatives with those partners. Now, I know I missed the question I, there. I, I spoke mostly to the marketing piece. Well, that's okay. It was the enterprise sales piece that um, that, that was, question was thrown into you at the last yes. minute. Yes. <laughs> and I'd like to just give that 10 seconds, if, if I may. Um, super important. You know, like you're an enterprise sales guy, as I was, and then you get into a startup environment. It's actually two different salespeople, and you've really got to really got to do the heavy lifting and be good at, at just picking up the phone, making things happen, getting in front of the right people. And that, you know, I believe is a lot to do with, with being purpose-driven. You know, people can sense when, you know, someone's calling them 
people can feel, you know, this person, what they're creating, it's really from a place of truth and really from a place of purpose. And I think that helps when all you've got is a phone and a piece of paper and, uh, you know, you're calling with no brand behind you. And I've had both experiences, you know, you're calling with no brand behind you to, to pitch a new concept into an industry and make a huge change. Tracy, you want to ask a question that you can answer within the next 60 seconds? Well, I was just going to follow up really more with the fact that I think every entrepreneur underestimates the importance of business development in their startup. And I think what you're sharing is important because you already went into this startup with a very strong business development background, and that served you well. So when we come back, I absolutely want to talk more about how you use that skill set to raise $20 million in funding because that's extremely impressive. That was a secret, but thanks for telling everybody. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> it's out now. I don't think it was that big of a secret because I read the press about it. So I, that's how I found out. And think we're good. <laughs> Congratulations are definitely in order. We can't wait to hear more about it. Okay, I have something to clarify. First of all, coming from the media, I love the media. I am the media. But this headline was a little tricky, people. It says, Go Snow secures Silicon Valley funding with a $20 million goal. Okay, that's fine. Having a $20 million goal is great, and securing funding is great. So let's talk about how you secured funding to achieve your $20 million goal. And don't forget about Riff. Absolutely. Don't forget about Riff. Reading is fundamental. Okay, and that you're was just an ama- roll, roll today. <laughs> just on a roll. Right. And, and that was an amazing piece of press coverage we got. You know, the media had taken a strong interest in Ghost Note from the get-go. You know, I think we got um, a few million dollars in free press just for doing something cool in the industry. And you know, that piece of PR absolutely helped us propel forward and and uh, sign on what became more more resort partnerships. And our initial funding came from, you know, execs that I had previously worked with in the software companies. So, you know, people that had known me for a long time, you know, but software guys, they were software guys uh, or, you know, investors. A lot of the time the software guys, are, you know, are, are doing, you know, are investing in, in other tech startups. But these guys specifically, you know, they, they, they love skiing and snowboarding and they could just see how, they could just see how by applying software to this industry, uh, we could make it easier for people to book and participate in snow sport. Yeah, I was going to say $20 million in business within 18 months, and that's a very aggressive goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Hugely aggressive goal. And, and I think that, you know, in that too, you know, it was right at a time where we were set up for rapid growth. You know, it was a, a $20 million bookings goal that we had. And, you know, in, in Ghost Snow, people spend a lot of money on, on snow sports. You know, to a $40 billion addressable market here in the United States, you know, and, and in our products, you know, we would do, you know, in our, through our mobile app, people would spend, you know, $3,000, $5,000, you know, by the time they've, you know, bought a couple of lift passes for themselves and, the, you know, and, and their family members, uh, they've then added an instructor or, uh, or a guide for a couple of days and any other add-ons, you know, the, the, the baskets that we, the baskets that we would have, you know, through the, through the product were huge and, also just being in, you know, in in such a big addressable market you know, where people are spending a lot of money on uh, skiing and snowboarding. So where are you going with, like, do you have plans to align with multiple strategic partnerships as part of your growth strategy? And what's another area to take you from where you are now to the next level? Sure. So 
we already have partnerships in place with some of the biggest mountain companies in the world. You know, we partner with uh, the leading snowboard companies. We partner with other leading gear manufacturers. And for us right now, what, what our focus is, working with major destination resorts here in the United States. So our, our effort post-COVID will be mostly, mostly geared towards you know, destination ski resort partnerships. And so while we have the product being enhanced in the background now and preparing us for what we're expecting to be a post-COVID boom, you know, where people are just super excited to get outside. You know, this past year, people have put on weight. They've been locked up. You know, it's time for everyone to get outside and we're preparing for that. And the, um, you know, the, the other initiative that is being worked on significantly is just ensuring that we've got the ski resort partnerships in place so that we really propel and accelerate the company forward. With some good wind, I'll add, as that's what we're expecting now, you know, a, you know, a really a perfect storm uh, as people are going to be super excited to be doing new things you know, in the now, into the summer, and absolutely into the fall and winter. If someone was in a situation where they were really entrenched in their corporate career, but was having the same types of yearning and calling that you had to do something different and make that leap into starting their own business, what advice would you give to them? I would absolutely say make sure it is your 150 billion percent purpose and make sure you, you spend some time uh, with someone who can help you define that. I, I worked with Justine and for, before doing so. That purpose and that mission is, is what's going to pull you through things like COVID or any other tough time for that matter. Well, thank you very much. It was in KHS 1220, 98.1 FM. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.